Hi, I'm Michelle Gelati Mandel. And I'm Josh Mandel. And this is the How Goods This podcast, where we share with you our creative hacks learned from coupledom. These thoughts and ideas have been inspired by our two decades together, which includes living and working in three different countries, one child, one dog, and lots and lots of love notes. And let's face it, we've also been inspired and have learned from the challenges we all face in our lives as couples. Tough times, family loss, we've learned from all of it. So we hope you enjoy How Good's This, a podcast that encourages you to ask this simple question every day. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the How Good's This podcast. Today, we are talking about things... So this is a great way to start the podcast. It actually is. Michelle had put up a contraption of Laura Bars uh, setting up a stand for the phone so that she could video the podcast as we did it. And right as I pressed record, I said, honey, that thing is coming down. So that's what you just heard in the background was her little house of cards coming down. It was good. It is good. I think I'm blushing. <laughs> I can't see you, though. That's true. Yeah. But I, you know, and I'm so glad that we didn't push re-record or, you know, erase and re-record uh, because the topic that we're talking about is something that, A, potentially needs some lightness, and then, B, it's it's on topic, meaning, you know, when things feel like they are falling apart, which, you know, uh, the, actually, I don't even think I shared the title yet. No, you haven't. Things (laughs) that we are afraid of. And this is the death episode. Right. So we're thinking about this as a little series within a series. So, uh, a few would probably do a few different podcasts on this topic, which is things we're afraid of, things we're afraid of talking about, things we're afraid of confronting. And for the first subtopic of things we're afraid of. We've gone after a doozy. Yes, we have. So I'm glad. I'm glad that we had the house of cards fall down. And uh, li- literally and figuratively. Um, so so Josh and I, yeah, we wanted to talk about death and we wanted to talk about <clears throat> loss in all of the ways that it can come. So the, the sharing that we're going to do today via this podcast episode is as much about losing a loved one, which is going to be our story, as much as it is the loss of anything that has been important to you. This means, or this can mean, the loss of a relationship, the loss of, you know, a life that potentially some of you ladies have had, meaning, you know, I'm talking about miscarriage, Mm -hmm. um, the loss of, you know, Something fundamental. Some de- it, perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. a perfect way to describe it. Something health-wise. I mean, really, yeah. the list can go on and on. Um, and hopefully you can take away from today, you know, not just potentially a different perspective, but also a, a realization that you can go back to the relationships and the people and the things that you once loved and dive into them, lean into them even more deeply to be able to come back, literally to, f- to have your comeback mm-hmm. uh, and to heal, you know, heal uh, 
yeah. that broken heart. Yeah, and also because we, having personally experienced loss, having personally experienced death in our family together, it has, um, excuse me, <clears throat> it's caused us to learn and develop and evolve. We We haven't stayed in stasis. We haven't just stayed in a place where we have experienced death and not learned from it. And so that's the other thing we wanted to talk about was that, you know, there's kind of like everybody talks about, well, you know, going through pain it, it is a teacher and that's true, but people don't normally talk about the things that they were taught or the things that they learned. And that's one of the things we wanted to, to cover today. Absolutely. And then also the, the third and final thing that we'll share before we go into story is, you know, how when we do talk about these subjects or these topics, how we can feel even more comfortable, even more confident, even more at peace to not only talk about this particular subject more mm -hmm. openly, more honestly, but do the same with other things right. that, have, that have been hard, you know, for us to... to um, you know, to talk about. And, you know, something that comes, and I know that's come uh, for us through this, like a gift that's come for for us in, in talking about death more openly is, is a sense of peace with the things that we don't understand. A sense of peace, meaning I don't need to know everything or even understand right. what <clears throat> is supposedly understood, you know, right. There are some things that I'm not going to get to understand Correct. in this life. Or control. And I have to, or control. And I have to be at peace with that. I want to be at peace with that. I want to be at peace with that. I get to be at peace with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's go into story. I'm holding, for those of you uh, listening to the podcast, I'm actually holding a very special necklace in, uh, or pendant in my hand. And it's a pendant uh, that my brother, who passed away four years ago, it's basically a pendant of his initials. It's this gorgeous DG in one. You know, it's kind of like his, uh, in essence, his logo. And it is something that he created that we found on his computer after he passed away. Um, it was something that mm -hmm. I gifted to myself for my 40th birthday. And uh, something that, you know, when I walk into shops or I meet a new client or, you know, kind of just out and about in the world, a good seven out of 10 times, someone says, I love your necklace. What does that symbol mean? Kind of, it, it kind of reminds me of the Ohm symbol a little bit, mm. or I think that's what it reminds people of. So I share that I'm holding, holding that because this is where I want to begin telling you just a very short part of the story of losing and yet what I've gained from that experience. So 2013, I had just spoken at an event at a Savor the Success Women Entrepreneur event in New York. I had flown in on Friday night. I'll never forget these details. Friday night at about, I think I landed at about 10 p.m., Right when I landed, I was so excited to see my little brother. He was 16 and a half years younger than me. You flew to Miami. I flew to Miami. Sorry. Yes. I had spoken in New York, flew to Miami. He went to University of Miami. As I land, I don't even think we you know, had gotten to the, um, 
the jetway, is that what you call it? Or the, the gate, essentially. And I texted him saying, hey, Dean, you know, do you, do you, you know, can I come to your house now? Or are you too tired? I get it. You know, you're graduating tomorrow morning. And like, I think you had to get up at 6 a.m. And, um, you know, he, he said, no, Mish, you know, I'm, I'm fine. Something like that. By the way, thank God that we have the ability to save texts and voicemails and all, all of the things that we mm-hmm. can save. So uh, saw him that evening, saw him the next morning, of course, for his graduation. He waltzed across the stage as he always did in life, you know, did his sort of a signature little dance across the stage. We had a wonderful uh, day and luncheon and evening that evening. Everybody around the table uh, had gotten up to tell him how much they loved him. There was about 20 people at that table. I would say at least half uh, got up to to share, you know, their their love for him. And this is this is important. I'll come back to that in a second. Um, or actually, I'll just tell you now. Um, one of the things that hit me after he passed away is what a special, what a poignant, what a special moment it was for half of those people to get up and share what it is that they had to say with him. Because little did we know, 24 hours later, actually it was probably like 30 hours later, we um, we lost him. He got into a car accident and, uh, and he passed away. So... <clears throat> We uh, we had been dancing that night and and basically you know had had a wonderful time and so I share this piece because we had really lived out those last two days of his life to the fullest, um, which is why it was such a huge crash and burn and I I'm saying that for my own self emotionally. Um, it was you know I had my own crash I had my my own you know uh, burn and. For a while, um, w- waking up that morning, about eight o'clock in the morning, we get we get a, a knock on the door from security at the what was it called? The Biltmore. Biltmore, yeah. Biltmore in Coral Gables in Miami, and we were told to go downstairs to meet my parents in the boardroom. Now I'm my heart starts racing because something had said to me something's not right. But I had thought potentially that my child, my son, our son, had gotten in trouble the night before because they had been with a, a babysitter. And so I thought, okay, we're, we're, we're going to get a talking to. They were too loud. They were running down the halls or God knows what. When we get walk into the boardroom, I see my dad up against the wall with his hands behind, you know, kind of just behind his back, just standing up, looking completely, you know, completely in shock. Um... My mom was sitting at the at the boardroom, you know, the head of the the, the table essentially, um, crying. And my dad just blurted it out, um, and he said, "Dino's dead." Um, my knees wanted to give give out, give way. Um, they didn't. I went into my own shock. My brother did as well. You know, you you repeat or we repeated what I think most people in a shock situation, repeat, especially when they've lost someone so unexpectedly. No, but that can't be. We were just with him three hours ago. No, no. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And, um, you know, from that point on, and Josh is going to tell you sort of how he took this in, because it'll be important in how we come back out 
you know, throughout or how we, how we move throughout this podcast and how we share with you towards the end, you know, how this is really, even though we had our own sort of individual paths to walk, um, you know, how this really supported, again, there was a loss, but there was a gain, how this has truly actually supported how we've gained so much. You could call it wisdom. You can call it connection. We've, we really have gained, not just um, as individuals, but as a couple going through something like this, we've gained a lot. Mm-hmm. So, so my, you know, I would say the, the short of the long is that my version of experiencing at least those first couple of days was, um, was shock. Mm-hmm. and was being the support. Right. Being the yeah, support. You went, you went into taking care of the family mode. Yeah. So I would describe it as shock. I would, the two S's, shock, support. And actually that was, that was it. Yeah. I, I really don't even know. I think I cried for the first time when I went to my room, to our room, uh, that later that day at about two or three and I had asked, you know, I looked out the window and I had asked him, you know, I started speaking to him and I said, I know that you're gone. I just need to know that you're okay. If you could just send me a sign that you're okay. I know that I eventually need to accept this. It was something to that effect. And about two seconds later, a black bird, we were on the what? Second floor? Third fourth, floor. I think. Yeah. Fourth floor. So pretty, pretty, you know, low. We weren't super, super high. About two seconds later, it was almost immediate. A black bird flies in front of the window that I was looking out to. I was kind of looking up and, um, excuse me, out and up. And at that moment, I just got chills all over my body. I actually have a tattoo of a black bird with Dino's name. Uh, you know, two weeks later, I got that tattoo mm-hmm. because it meant so much to me to, to feel just to, to feel him. Um, and so I turned to Josh now because I remember a very different way that you experienced it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the way you described it is shock and support. I think I went into that same, <clears throat> that same space also. And for um, me, you, you were doing that for me. For you and for the family and trying to help coordinate the things that you naturally need to coordinate afterwards, like the moving the the body, getting it taken care of, funeral arrangements, all that kind of stuff. Um, it was, you know, I had known Dino since he was six when you and I first started dating. He was actually just changing over from six to seven. I went to his seventh birthday party. So had grown, watched him grow the way your family had watched him grow and into a great young man and great, almost, uh, another brother to me, little brother in a way. Um, and yeah, I don't, I, I think for myself, um, there wasn't a questioning. There wasn't, there wasn't any type of, at that stage, any type of self inquiry because we were, I was in the mode, like you were in the mode of just trying to kind of help everybody else. And I think that was part of the way that we dealt with the, the immediacy of it, the, the immediate aftermath. Uh, and then when, by the time that we got back to San Francisco, that was when I started to process things. I started to 
wonder about the circumstance of it, wonder, ask those big questions that can't be answered, like why would this happen to somebody who is so such a great human being, such a great addition to the collective consciousness of, of the world, and, and what are the reasons or the circumstances why somebody like that would go early. So I think that's my version of it is... Um, and then this was the, I, I still, my, my family is quite small, much smaller than yours. Really, I've got my parents and, and my brothers and um, that they're, st- they're all still here. So this is the, the deepest thing that I've felt, the deepest loss that I've experienced. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which, which on the flip, so now let's, let's chat a little bit about, um, sort of the, you know, the, the entryway, the portal that this has been to our individual spirituality, to our, um, you know, to the spirituality that, that creates our relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. and how I feel like ever since, you know, this was four years ago since he passed, um, my mom passed two years ago. We won't tell you, you know, we won't go into that story, um, because truly it's a very similar story in the sense that shock and support. And then Josh yeah. went into shock and support for me. Yeah. Um, it was also, you know, very unexpected. And, um, you know, I, I share all of that to say that uh, since both of those losses, we have in so many ways entered into what I now call a spiritual marriage. And I'm not saying that we never were in that before. Uh, I think there was always a depth. There was always a um, sort of an honoring of of what our relationship was in relationship to potentially something more. But you and I had never really sat down and talked about it. Yeah, well, I think and we, named it. We've both been we've both been curious people. We both love learning new things. We both love exploring. We love to travel. We're very similar in that respect that while we don't read the same things or don't necessarily get, get turned on exactly by the same material, generally speaking, we are open people who want to learn, who want to experience, who want to do new things. Uh, in, I think what Dino's passing did was cause a fundamentally deeper level of questioning uh, of each of us individually and then us collectively as a couple around what's going on, you know, what's, what's going on in the world, what's our place in the world, why, why do things feel like they have happened, and can we really know it? I mean, I know exactly the moment, what it was for me, was when we were back in San Francisco, and we were looking to, to just do something physical, we went to a yoga class, um, as the class ended and we went down into Shavasana, every time I closed my eyes, Dino's smiling face was pressing down on me and pressing happy emotions into my body. And believe me, I've been an athlete my whole life. I've, I've run, I've played soccer. It wasn't runner's high. That's not what it was. I know what runner's high is and I know the feeling of endorphins from exertion. I did not exert myself in that yoga class. So that that was a pivotal moment for me where I just started to dig in on trying to trying to learn more about 
who I am on this planet, the effect that I can have on other people, and even more importantly in terms of relationship, how you and I can tap into the fact that we're both now questioning things on a deeper level to make our relationship stronger. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely been an invitation for one another or to one another to continue growing, you know, where, you know, some days you might invite me, you know, like in, in one way or another, like, Hey, come with me, grow, you know, grow. Hey, yes, this is a new normal. This is a ch- another change we're going through, meaning not just the death new normal, but I'm just talking about any new normals, any change, any, you know, all of us here listening, the two, you know, the two of us, um, here doing this podcast, we all are experiencing change all the time. And so I find it really beautiful that loss for us in the, in these last few years. And again, especially with Dino's because it was such a, you know, um, it was just such a moment in time. Like here was this, this child again, 16 and a half years, my junior, this child that I had nurtured, you know, I was like, you know, a second mama, to him, uh, or a third mama, because I know Oma was in there, you know, as well, my mom and then myself, the loss of this child in such, um, a a way, meaning again, here we are in, in one minute or in one moment, we're celebrating him and we're together and we're happy and we're in the highest of highs. And in the next moment or what felt like the very next moment, we are experiencing the complete opposite. And, you know, for me, you know, different from, from you, obviously, and you know, this, my, you know, I feel like, um, the school of life, Michelle's school of life has been a lot of loss. Um, and, and not just loss of extended family. We're talking my immediate family, you know, biological father. And then I had my grandmother who was my second mom and who we lived with, um, my grandfather, my, my father passed away tragically. My mother, my grandmother and second mama, uh, passed away of, uh, leukemia. I was there for her last breath. Um, I helped with a lot of those preparations, really sensitive, deeply moving stuff that I did. I mean, to the point where, you know, as well, she took her last breath. And then a few hours later, the nurses came in saying, okay, we have to take her. And I said, where are you taking her? And they said, well, you know, essentially down to the morgue, you know, um, and I said, well, well, what do you need to do to get her prepared? And they said, well, we essentially just need to put her in and then whatever they called it, but essentially it was a body bag. bag yeah. And I said, well, can I do it? Um, so and they, they let me, you know, I asked my mom, I said, you know, mom, I want to do this. I think she was in complete shock that I wanted to do that. But you know, when you love someone, you know, all of a sudden speaking of, of, uh, the things that we're afraid of when you love someone you, um, you know, all of a sudden you become really, really comfortable with whatever it is, with whatever hard thing that might be, uh, happening, you know? So for example, with, with Oma, whether I was comfortable with death or not back then when I was 20, you know, three years old, um, although I had, you know, had some experience with it already, uh, because it's a loved one, because you adore them, you you know, you just kind of roll with the punches. And of course I didn't want, you know, someone else, 
uh, or maybe it's not, maybe it's not that obvious. Maybe it's not an, of course, but I didn't want anyone else touching her. I wanted mm-hmm. to be able to do that really important, meaningful thing, or at least to right. me, it was really important and meaningful. So, um, so I share that. So then, you know, and then my, my, uh, I said my grandfather and my grandmother, and then now Dino and my mom. So literally right now I have my, my current dad, uh, who, you know, is, is, is my dad, meaning he adopted me when I was 18, uh, who I love more than, more than anything. And then my, my brother. So it's the three of us left. And so, so yes, yeah, so the school of life for me has been lost. So even though I had experienced these emotions before, mm-hmm. every loss is like the first one. Yeah. But don't you, th- um, that I know that's all true. Don't you think that there was something or maybe not significant about, I felt like Dino's passing kicked something off. Well, no, us. that's that's what I was going to share. Yeah, yeah you yeah, and I, yeah. you and I are on the same on the same page. Yeah. Um, so even though I had, ex- you know, the school of life has been that for me. I mean, Oma, well, I'll be honest. Oma's death rocked me, and you were there. Yeah. You were there. Um, that took quite a while to get over. I, I I don't even know how I worked, how I got through sort of my days. And yes, I would completely agree with you. When we lost Dino, something, and it wasn't necessarily immediate for me. Again, I was in shock and in support for a while. And then, you know, because, you know, when I shared with, uh, with everyone, uh, a few minutes back about the black bird, you know, uh, from that moment forward, there were many, many, many things that would come into our awareness Mm -hmm. that would come. And Josh could tell you some crazy, amazing stories beyond the yoga one he already did. And I could too, but from that, that black, black bird, moment where I was like, thank you, Dino. Thank you for sharing with me that you're okay. Um, you know, from that moment, so many other things beyond that black bird would come into my existence. Meaning when, when, um, when I was ready to sort of, or or maybe not ready, but when I started to truly think about how I wanted to live life and what this really meant and being in, in major inquiry and, and getting even more curious and picking up books. And, you know, I had, I had picked up these kinds of books before, sort of in my 20s because of the passings of my family members before. But, um, you know, I think Dino's death, what it did, and maybe it's an age thing for me as well because I, you know, I, it's, it's, it's recent and it's mm. also, when I say age thing, I mean, again, here's this vibrant, beautiful boy who is gone. And he, I feel like, was one of the beings that has probably taught me more about life than almost anyone. Mm-hmm. Because he, he was so alive. He was so, again, he allowed me to nurture him. You know, I mean, I was, he, I, like, I was big enough and, um, and, and old enough to truly take care of him and, and nurture him and love him up. So, it did have a different quality. And honestly, just as we're talking about it and none of this was, was planned, we're just riffing here. I couldn't really tell you beyond that. I had just such a deep love for him that he was just too young to go. And you know, that I had this different relationship with him again, almost like a mom energy. That's why I feel like it rocked my world. And, uh, again, and then again, for me as his sister, super duper high in Miami, 
the highs of all highs Mm -hmm. and then the lows of all lows. Like my, that emotional range to experience that scope and that range in 30 hours or whatever it was is, is like nothing I've experienced before in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, these, these are interesting and also profound topics and you've been able to talk about, um, this deeply meaningful life that you had in your life in Dino been able to talk. We've been able to talk and we've experienced kind of profound and fundamental changes in ourselves that would not have happened, but for his passing. So, and yet we find it so difficult to talk about death. Like, I feel like we're having a very deep conversation here about death. And yet I think our societal Mm. reaction to death is to avoid conversation about it, to, it's inherently negative. Um, You mean that's what we believe? That's what societally, I think, you know, you walk into a party and say that you want to talk to people about death. What's the reaction you're going to get, right? Yeah. But why do you, we've talked a little bit about it. Why do you think that is, especially now that we've gone through this experience? Honestly, I think it comes down to this range of, like when I talked about the range of emotions, Hmm. it is an experience that we humans have. It is probably one of the top two experiences that we humans have that take us to a place emotionally that we haven't been before, that we don't understand. Hmm. How do we get up off the floor from this, you know, and, and I, as I say that, I think of a friend of Josh, of yours and, and mine from advertising days who lost her six and a half year old boy to cancer, yeah. you know, last year, maybe yeah. it wasn't even a whole year. Uh, and for some reason, yeah, they popped into, into my heart right now. Um, how do you pick yourself up? I think of my mom, how does she pick herself up? So I think one of the main reasons is, a, is feels like a really simple reason. You know, we don't want to talk about it because if, you know, if we're the person who's experienced the death, Mm. well, I don't want to go back there, right? I don't want to go back to that depth of emotion because I was in a really dark place. Um, You know, this is what maybe all of us, you know, the collective of us might be thinking. And then for those of us who are asking the friend or the sister or the, you know, cousin or the husband, hey, how are you today? Which, by the way, was my favorite, one of my favorite questions that friends would ask, how are you today? Because it was a very easy, you know, it was, well, I should say it was much easier for me to answer how I was doing right now or today than like, just how are you generally? It's like, well, gosh, let me tell you how many emotions I've felt, you know, over the last three days. Um, So, so I think, yeah. So on the opposite side for the friend asking you, I think they don't want to broach the topic potentially uh, because they, even though they may not have been through it, they are afraid. They are not necessarily afraid of death, but they are afraid. And I'll, you know, I'll speak for myself. I, I definitely have felt this. We might be afraid of not giving the sensitivity or giving our, you know, our person, our friend in front of us, giving them 
the level or the quality of conversation or response that they might feel that they deserve. Right. It's, it's this, yes. So that's, that's my answer. How about you? Why do you think? And you mentioned something the other day on a live stream that we should probably cover. Um, you know, that we don't talk about our kids, excuse me, to, to our kids or just talk about death as a part of life. Yeah. It's, I, I think we end up, which is probably natural. We end up waiting for it to occur before we actually broach the topic. But mm-hmm. I think it's also the reason why we do that is because in, it's probably a Western thing that we, we believe death as inherently negative because it's the opposite of life. It's the antithesis of life. When the reality is, is that we're, death is part and parcel of being on the planet. It's part and parcel of being alive. And we're all going towards some end. We don't know where it is. That's part of the beauty and the joy of living. But because we see the end as inherently negative, then we want to avoid it. We don't want to, like, you know, create neuroses or whatever in our kids, get them thinking about, oh, shit, I'm going to die one day. Um, the reality is, I think, when you're a kid, it's a very difficult concept to, to really grapple with anyway. Shit, I'm 49. It's a difficult concept for me to grapple with right now, even having lived through it in personally. Um, but I think that's part of it, too, is that we we inherently think of it as a negative um, as opposed to doing the mental work to think of it as a part of our being and kind of act accordingly. Well, and I think the reason we think, because, you know, what you just shared is, well, leads me to a why. Well, but why do we really think it's negative? You know, again, and, and I think another reason is that regardless of what we believe, regardless of what religion, you know, we're a part of or what we think about, you know, the potential of life after death, of some energy beyond, you know, this particular physical manifestation of us in these human bodies, regardless of what we think, whether we believe something continues or not, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Even, even... For those of us, and I'll out myself right now, I do believe that an energy continues. So I don't believe it's an actual death. It's not for me personally. It is not a lights out situation. However, as you know, as much as that is hope in you know for me, and as much as that makes me feel good, still death is a hard topic or a hard notion for me. Because I don't know. I've never, you know, I've never had my... Exactly. I've never had my grandma telling me a story about, you know, when grandmothers or moms would tell us, hey, honey, so, you know, with all their wisdom, right, about, well, this is what this is like, or this is what that's like, and sort of, you know, sharing with us, like, you know, passing down their wisdom. This is not something that you know, our families have wisdom around. And I don't mean to downplay because I I do believe that we do have wisdom, but it's not something that is written in stone, which is something that my mom and I, after Dino passed, um, something that was really helped us 
um, you know, and kind of kept it in a way light, you know, on the days where she and I would talk about death and, and about how we thought Dino was doing and his next energetic form, uh, you know, we'd say, wow, isn't it crazy? Like that we, that we believe that something goes on and yet we don't know a thing. Like, isn't it going to be amazing? <laughs> like to, to just know, Yeah. you know? So I think that's the other reason is that regardless of where you are, you have no idea the great and you will unknown. not yeah. and you will not know. And that's scary. Yeah. Think about it. It's like me, you know, going into labor with Nolan as much as I, I have the wisdom passed down from all the women in my family. Hey, this is how my birth went or this is how birth is or whatever. All of their stories were still individual, but at least I could piece together. Okay. This is how it's going to kind of be right. I have to really prepare emotionally. This is going to be a really big monumental thing in my life. Well, you know, Death is not like that. Yeah. Yep. That's all fair. So then the other thing we were going to talk about was um, how our experience of that, of these passages and these losses has affected our relationship. We're talking about spiritual relationship. Yeah. Well, the first thing that comes to mind, which is not the first thing I think that I was going to share, but... As we're sitting here, you know, recording this this podcast episode and as we were, you know, talking about the Greater Good Party yesterday and as we, you know, midday today did the, you know, the second teaching or consulting of the, you know, the, the marketing class at Allegheny College back east or in Pennsylvania, you know, my mind goes there because one of the things that you and I have really gotten clarity around or have really been connected to, well, A, would be each other, you know, speaking of shock and support, shock and support, you know, um, we, it has brought us together, you know, in, in as hard as it's been, like, I remember, I mean, let's keep it real, many moments where you were like, you know, you kind of didn't know what to do with me Hmm. because I was not only sad, extremely, extremely, extremely sad doubly so, quadruply so after my mom passed because it was one after the other. But I was also angry, Hmm. you know, and because I didn't understand, you know, as much as I I have a a very uh, deep connection with my spirituality, it's like, again, it's like experiencing a loss all over again, even though I've I've had those connections. So, um, so, So connection with one another... Um, throughout all of the hard times. And then also in that connection to one another, like I want to, you know, I think of the Beatles, like I want to hold your hand. Like I felt so much better in your presence. I felt so much more comfort knowing that even though you couldn't, you know, jump inside of my heart and mend it, that there was some relief. There was some peace in knowing that I wasn't going through this mm. on my own. And beyond that, you know, fast forward many, 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 many months and, and years, you and I have touched on, you know, living a life to the fullest in, or, or I should say through our creativity and not just our individual creativity. That's been true for sure. You with your writing, you with your current sort of new sort of you know unconventional path, which we did a live stream on um, yesterday, uh, 
and, and me as well with my writing, you know, my entrepreneurship and different creative projects I have going on. But we have found that feeling alive for us, it does come with this connection mm-hmm. and comes through creative projects, doing creative things together that have nothing to do with business Hmm. or, hey, let's do this because it's going to grow such and such visibility or let's do that. No, it is about having more experiences because at the end of the day, at the end of this long day known as our life, what are we going to have within us? What are we taking in our heart of hearts? We're taking experiences. And so, you know, when I think of doing this podcast, an awesome experience, it makes me feel alive. It makes me feel so connected to you. Mm -hmm. The greater good party, bringing people together for the greater good, you know, supporting people, you know, or causes, organizations, you know, um, sharing that sort of that passion for, for philanthropy with others makes me feel so connected to the world and the same with, you know, helping college kids, um, with, with their, um, you know, with their, their paths. It's so, you know, it's, it's, um, it's all about for us, I would say in the last few years, it's been all about chasing the things that make us feel really good yeah. that connect us to one another, that connect us to other people. And do you think that would have come if Dino and my mom hadn't passed? And we... I don't know if we would have felt yeah. the same spark. I mean, I know that you and I talked before their passing about doing stuff together. Remember, we talked about like Long time, doing yeah. a he said, she said journal together that maybe we would publish someday. And But I think those were the things that actually kicked us into action. Um and got us focused on, I think it, a part of what you were just talking about is this idea that part of being alive is, is birthing things, is creating things. It's not just consuming to exist, but as a person in this world, it's about being an agent of, of newness and of creation. Um, I, it, just when you were talking, I thought about a book that I haven't thought about for years and years and years. Um, I think his name is Robert Persig. I'm trying to remember. But the guy who wrote Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which is, you know, a book that a lot of people read in high school and college, and it's kind of an existential journey of, of meaning. He actually wrote a second book that he meant as a follow-up to that one. I think it was called Layla. And one of the themes in that book was the idea that what life is about is actually increasing complexity. It's not. It's not about a path towards simplicity. It's actually a path towards increasing complexity because life is constantly regenerating and changing and evolving and doing new things. And it's funny that, that you talking about that just made me think of it is that we've, you know, at this stage of our lives, our reaction to this profound death, these, these profound deaths in our lives has been to turn into more creative beings. It's to, create moments like the greater good party where we get people together and hope that these interesting combinations happen and new creations can come of it. It's like you said, doing this podcast and and finding our voice. It's, it's the work that you do every day with female entrepreneurs, the work that I do with brands. It's all, you know, 
we, 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 we are trending towards more, not less, mm-hmm. which I find interesting. Yeah. And it's true. Now that you've just said that, it has made, it does make me think, you know, ever since I was a little girl, I, I've considered myself creative and a part of me, you know, with the life that I've led, you know, losing my biological father really early on, you know, um, as a result of a kidnapping and, 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 a, and a murder, um, we, you know, like this path of, of creativity, I ask myself now, and I've thought this before, but now that you just said that, I, I'm, I'm asking myself now, because I, I do believe that all of us are born creative, you know, with that force, with that yeah. um, life force in, in us. And I wonder also, um, and I do believe this is also true, that all of the things that are happening you know, within our lives. And, and, you know, you don't have to experience a loss of someone to, to experience an increase in creativity. You just can, you experience change that you're not ready for. You experience this, a discomfort that you're not, not loving. And if you allow it, you know, as Rumi says, you know, the, the, um, the wound is where the light enters. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we truly can mold and create like meaning we can become more creative yeah. um, through these really hard and tough, you know, um, situations. So I think, you know, for, for those of, of us listening who maybe have not experienced a, uh, the loss of a loved one, uh, you know, or let's say someone super close to, to you, I would say that, you know, most of the things that we've been chatting about today are super relevant to you. Again, Mm -hmm. if your loss has been felt through divorce, if your loss has been felt through the the displacement, you know, of, of, you know, of your life in recent days because of fires or hurricanes, there is so, there, there are so many losses that are so important, you know, and, and that, that, uh, give us the, uh, the experience of us feeling so much. Um, and, and so I, I want to honor all of the losses, um, you know, before, you know, you know, before we, we close out in a couple of minutes. And then I think, you know, one of the last things that we wanted to chat about is, is spiritual marriage and just, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, what, what that means to us and how, uh, you know, how, how these deaths have, you know, contributed to our growth, meaning, you know, obviously our individual spiritual growth, but then our growth as a, as a couple, um, you know, I know we've talked about the podcast and all these creative things that we've been doing, but let's, let's go a little bit deeper as one last sort of example. What, what, what do you think these experiences, the loss of my brother, um, you know, the loss of my mom and going through all of that together, and, and going through it in a, in a deep way, meaning you and I are having conversations about spirituality, I feel like every other day, whereas you and I, I mean, we've been together 19 years and, um, I think in past years and, you know, last couple of dec- decades, I think what we've talked about most is probably creativity is travel. Um, yeah. And then since we've had Nolan 12 years ago, probably Nolan, but these days it's been about what, what, you know, what more is out there? And, you know, we need to live life right now in this moment, you know, and we talk about presence and we talk about just all of these other things now. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, I think part of it is that, um, when you're, when you get hit with something as cataclysmic as that, and when you, 
realize that you're simply not going to know certain things, um, your reaction could be, well, that's it. There's, there's, I can't learn anything more. I'm not going to know the, the depth of the answer. So you, you kind of, you go into a fixed mindset and you kind of stop your, your journey or your path. Uh, but we did the opposite. We we were sparked into <clears throat> a feeling that, yes, there are certain things that we're not going to know, but we want to learn, we want to experience, we want to grow as as an answer to it. Yeah, that's very true. And yeah, I mean, at the, at, at the, end, at the end of the day, you know, the phrase that comes to me is, uh, that that has been our truth as a couple and individually is create what you want to be a part of. And I, I say that because it has been something that has helped my healing um, and my grief is to is to be in creation, is to be in creation mode, to be in creation energy, and to if I don't see something in the world currently that is you know, has the makings of, of support and compassion and all these feelings, all these things Mm -hmm. that I wanted to feel, you know, in my sort of darkest days, um, that, that I want to create that, that I want to create, you know, what, uh, what I want to be a part of. But I think the, the common thread has been to create it, like to, to do it, um, to do it now, not yeah. because I think I'm leaving tomorrow. It's not. It's not with a. It's not with a fear energy. It's not with a dark energy. It's actually surprisingly so. Surprisingly so. It's with a very light energy that I say that. Like I am so excited to live my life, and to potentially not potentially to definitely live it. Yeah. The you know live it so full out as a result of these experiences. That. When it is my time, I will, there's a, there's a quote that some of you might know. And if you know, if you guys know the person who said it, please contact me through Facebook or whatnot. Cause I love it. Um, you know, we're at the end of our lives. We want to be able to say, um, thank you, God for using all of me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's what I want. I want, I want purpose. I want passion. I want to be unapologetically myself. I want the people around me to be unapologetically themselves. I want them to feel comfortable in my presence. Um, I want things to just be real and I want to, um, you know, for everything that I don't understand, I want to be okay with that too. Yeah. But be excited that I'm curious. Yeah. About it. Yeah. Well, that's why I've always loved that phrase when you started using it, create what you want to be a part of, because there's two aspects to it. There's the, just like like you were talking about, there's being a creative person, creative person, not just in a description, but being in the act of creating things. And what you want to be a part of, I think, is also kind of a tacit recognition that as we've learned through these deaths, life is going at times to act on you. And there's not a lot you can do about that. Um, You, you know, just a few months ago, you were in a car accident. A car hits you. You're not in control of that situation. And that can lead some people to stasis. But when you say create what you want to be a part of, what's also wrapped up in that is this idea of agency. Is that, yes, I know that I exist in a world that may act on me at times, but my reaction to that is going to be, I am going to take control of the things that I can can control 
and I'm going to act and create into those spaces. So I, I think that. that's why it's such a, a positive statement. I love that you just said that because <clears throat> as you were talking, that's the you know the next thing that I was going to say is, yeah, there the, we don't have control over everything, but guess what? We do have control over you know um, the things that we get after each day. Whether it's small, medium, or big, again, it doesn't matter. Like I think one of the last things that I'll share um, that are really that's really important for me to 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 share is you know get out there in your life and you know those those tugs meaning those gut tugs those heart tugs those creative ideas that come in yoga or in the shower or you know as you're walking or as you're hiking you know that you that you're feverishly putting into your phone or writing in post-it notes they're coming to you because they meant they're they're meant to be birthed and so you know um work, create, you know, play for the experience of that thing. You know, I think for me recently, I've been like in the last many, many, many months, I've been so focused on the end result of writing this book, this creative heroine book that I started not to want to sit in the chair and write. Why? Because I was focused on the, oh, but it has to be a book and it has to look this certain way. And I just started to not enjoy myself anymore. Yeah. But if we can get out into the world, meaning, and sit down and write, why? For the experience of writing. Create for the experience of creation, you know, for what that does to our soul, how that enlivens us. Yeah. And for, um, you know, for, for the growth that it brings, you know, just for the art of it. Yeah. Um, the more that we can get into that, again, to to. Um, to sit down for the experience of it, meaning that for those of us writers, I'm thinking, that is when we start to meet a life. And to be honest, a success, like when I think of my entrepreneur peeps, you know, all of us creative types, that if you can keep following experiences that make your life worth living, they will lead you. Because anything that you choose right. is going to be in alignment to, you know, it's you. So it's all going to, it's going to match. It's always going to come back to a certain thing, you know, that you're about. Um, and so it, they will always connect you to what is next, yep. but you have to start listening to those, you know, that inner knowing because, um, you know, if we're just spending time working in or, or doing the things that are not making us feel that alive, we are, again, that's what we have control over. Right. And even if that means like I was working in, you know, corporate, right, advertising. And as I share in a talk, you know, I was saving ins my inspiration for nights and weekends because that's when I could do it. Not to say that I wasn't enjoying my work, my creative work, because I really did. But for any of, you know, any of, of you listening who are maybe thinking, I would love to do that, but you can find a way. There is always time for the things and the people that are most important to us. Right. I think that's a great place to tie a bow on ep episode three. That's right. Things we're afraid of talking about. The new miniseries. That's right. <laughs> Can't well, wait till we get to sex. Ooh. That might be one of them. Things we're afraid oh, to talk about. I'm so about. glad you just said that. With I, that, I just had a shocked look on my just face. Just lightening Perf the mood. Perfect. <laughs> Well, everyone, we hope that uh, today you have been potentially sweetly, but honestly, 
and in a very real way, you know, reminded to, um, to live, to, you know, create what you want to be a part of and to, you know, wake up each and every morning with, um, with a grateful heart, knowing that, you know, the different lessons and the different experiences that you get to be a part of all are coming together to create a life that will be and that is truly filled with meaning. It's really, it, it really is, um, it really is a, a beautiful life. Yeah. And if you recall from <clears throat> episode one, hopefully this, the theme of this podcast is how good's this, which is that act of kind of constant self uh, appraisal, self reassessment to ensure that you're leading the life that you want to live and you're on the path of growth that you want to be on. So try to get to that place where when you're asking yourself, how good's this? Your answer is it's pretty damn good. That's right. And for those of you who are joining us for the first time, thanks so much for being here. Definitely check out episode one and two. In episode one, we talk about why we named the podcast, How Good's This? It's a personal story about Josh losing his wedding ring. (laughs) That's all I'll say there. Um, But as he said, um, yeah, just continue to, to ask yourself, the question, how good's this? And as Josh said, hopefully um, you will be answering because of you know that that energy of getting out there to do the things that you truly want to do and, and that light you up um, and that make your life uh, feel really meaningful and purposeful that you'll be able to answer. It's really, really good. That's today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Feel free to share. And if you could take two minutes and leave us a rating on iTunes, it would mean so much to us. We hope you've been moved to find your own answers to the question, how good's this?